0: Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Fertility in Focus podcast. I'm your host, Christina Burns, doctor of Eastern medicine and holistic fertility expert. In these weekly sessions, I'll be bringing you the best of advice on nutrition, lifestyle, and natural medicine to optimize your fertility. Let's jump into today's episode. Hey everybody, welcome back. Um, You know my jam is to give you the tools that you need to get pregnant. And a lot of that involves what you're doing on a daily basis. Uh, I love natural medicine. I love acupuncture, herbs, supplements. But you know what it comes down to when we're changing your internal environment and like trying to improve your hormonal balance, trying to improve your egg quality, make your immune system not attack an embryo or something. We're working on your daily habits and what you consume makes a huge difference in outcomes. When I started counseling in nutrition and lifestyle alongside my naturopathic treatments, I got way better results. The people got pregnant faster, healthier, less miscarriage, less chemical pregnancy, less failed transfers and IVF. So go on this journey with me. Obviously seek the help of natural medicine because it's magical, but but you know, take charge in the ways that you can every day, take ownership, and you'll notice that you'll get to your destination faster in all aspects of your health. So let's dive into today's topic. Drinking this will make you infertile. I got to use some of the scare tactics once in a while. Um, just, just add a little drama to get your attention. All right. So The crux of it is that both insulin sensitivity and glucose metabolism can significantly affect ovulation and fertility. In terms of carbohydrates, the glycemic index and load are especially essential. I highly recommend you go online and look at the glycemic and and glycemic load charts so that you know which foods are going to spike your blood sugar more. Possibly the consumption of high glycemic index products. Can increase insulin resistance, dyslipidemia, which is like cholesterol basically, bad cholesterol and um, excess fats in your blood and in your system, oxidative stress, which is free radical damages, which is like hello, egg quality, sperm quality, and which then negatively affects fertility and ovarian function. So, blood sugar is huge, insulin levels are huge. There's been research to show how much these affect everything from ovulation to increased miscarriage risk to egg quality and sperm quality and more. I like to talk about blood sugar a lot because it's a big deal. Insulin regulates your metabolism. So, you know, gaining weight, losing weight, but also your reproductive function. So it's not like insulin is isolated from your reproductive health or your fertility. It's like really very related. It can modulate ovarian stereogenesis. So Um, Basically, the production of hormones from your ovaries, as well as hyperinsulinemia, which is higher insulin levels, are correlated with high androgens, which are high male hormones like testosterone, which you see a lot more in PCOS ovulation disorders. Um, Insulin is also the primary regulator of the production of sex hormone binding globulin, also known as SHGB, among women with PCOS. And so the insulin issue with women with, with PCOS is, all, is an even bigger issue. But I also see it be a big issue in women with fibroids and women with endometriosis and women with unexplained infertility. High glycemic index and load have been associated with higher fasting glucose concentration. So like higher um, blood sugar levels. Hyperinsulinemia, which is a high, in, high insulin level. So it's not just high blood sugar. It's also high insulin. And insulin resistance when your body doesn't process sugar as well. And it doesn't take in like sugars and carbs as energy. And so they float around in your system. And then you could end up with with higher concentrations of insulin-like growth factor and higher levels of androgens, these male hormones. They can lead to more endocrine, i.e. hormonal disturbances that may alter maturing eggs. So all these hormonal interactions that are rooted in like insulin and blood sugar start to attack, you know, our growing egg basically, and our ability to ovulate, and then our ability to implant, and our ability to um, nourish a pregnancy. Not to mention hair thing on your head and hair growth on your face and body, not sexy, um, weight gain around your middle. A large cohort study conducted on 18,555 women without a history of infertility who planned or became pregnant during the study showed that a higher consumption of carbohydrates at the cost of naturally occurring fats and with a high glycemic index was positively associated with infertility due to ovulation disorders. So basically, people who ate a lot of refined carbohydrates were less likely to ovulate regularly or at all. These results were confirmed by other studies where the higher consumption of high glycemic index products and carbohydrates when compared with fiber intake and a high consumption of simple sugars were related to the lower lower chances of becoming pregnant. The main source of added sugars are carbonated beverages. This is, this, is, this is really the topic which is so interesting, which can negatively affect fertility. We know soda is terrible, but like, do you know how terrible it is? Cause I still have a lot of patients drinking like diet soda or regular soda and kind of regularly too. And then there's all these like pseudo healthy ones that have come out with all these weird sweeteners and alcohol sweeteners in them. Now the topic of this was really carbonated beverages, like more traditional ones. So it was found in another study that consumption of sweetened carbonated beverages can decrease chances of reproductive success by means of ART, so like IVF, for example. So if you regularly drink soda and you're going through IVF, you have much less likelihood of succeeding, and I'll get into those stats soon. It has been shown that the consumption of carbonated beverages is associated with increased concentrations of free estradiol, so like higher estrogen levels in your system, which will make you puffy, which will make it so that IVF won't work as well because the signaling between your brain and your ovaries isn't working, you're... basically your body doesn't respond to the medications that well. Undoubtedly, both the amount and the type of carbohydrates are essential in the context of a pro-fertility diet among women with lipid and glucose metabolism disturbances. So like, you know, basically this is even more of an issue with women with PCOS um, or who are already overweight. But it's essential for any woman of reproductive age who's planning to become pregnant because also like, you know, The pregnancy itself can raise insulin levels. It's very common to have higher insulin levels and higher blood sugar levels in pregnancy. That's why they do that glucose test in the middle of the pregnancy. It's also vital to know what's happening or be regulating this to make sure that, you know, one doesn't miscarry because the placenta doesn't develop properly because of high insulin levels. The amount of added sugar in the American diet has increased dramatically over the last 50 years. Most of that increase comes from higher intake of sugar-sweetened beverages, which constitute approximately one-third of total added sugar consumption in the American diet. That's crazy. While consumption of these beverages has been linked to weight gain, type 2 diabetes, early menstruation, and poor semen quality, few studies have directly investigated the relationship between sugary drinks and fertility until now. A new study led by Boston University uh, School of Public Health researchers has found that the intake of one or more sugar-sweetened beverages per day by either partner is associated with a decreased chance of getting pregnant. So that's you or your man. So, I mean, it starts a lot of fights to try to get them involved, but, like, if at all possible, it's good to educate them, you know, on the role that they could be playing, and hopefully they'll play along. Both um, female and male intake of sugar-sweetened beverages was associated with 20% reduced fertility the average monthly uh, probability of conception. So your likelihood of becoming pregnant was like 20% each month if you consumed um, a soda per day, basically, or any kind of sweetened drink. Females who consumed at least one soda per day had 25% lower fertility per month. Male consumption was associated with 33% lower fertility. So they matter. we, We were told that they don't matter, but they do intake of energy drinks was related to even larger reductions in fertility. So that's why I'm saying it's not just soda. It's energy drinks or, or sugary drinks in general. Juice, I count under this umbrella too. So although the results were based on smaller numbers of consumers, um, they still found that it was a big deal. We will get right back to today's episode in just a moment. But since you're listening to this podcast, I gather you may also be interested in exploring holistic methods to better your fertility journey. In addition to running this podcast, I am also the founder of the Naturna Institute, a holistic wellness Institute in New York city that uses naturopathic and traditional Eastern approaches to achieve optimal reproductive wellness. We offer a very comprehensive approach to natural care, often working alongside your Western medical practitioner to enhance results. And even if you live outside of New York city, We offer a variety of virtual services to better guide you in a tailored plan to help you towards your fertility goals. Be sure to check us out through our website, naturnalife.com, and follow us on Instagram at life. Okay, now back to the show. This large study evaluated the association of female and male fertility with sugar-sweetened beverage intake among 3,828 women planning pregnancy and 1,000... 45 of their male partners in a North American perspective, uh, cohort study. They follow participants between June of 2013 and May of 2017 until pregnancy or for up to 12 menstrual cycles. Eligible women were aged 21 to 45 years old, and their male partners were just over the age of 21, attempting conception for less than six cycles and not using fertility treatment. So they were trying naturally. Participants completed a comprehensive baseline questionnaire, including questions on soda, um, sugar-sweetened and diet versions, fruit juice, energy, and sport drink consumption during the previous four weeks. Both female and male intakes of sugar-sweetened beverages were associated with reduced fertility at seven sugar-sweetened beverages per week compared with none for females and males, respectively. So the study specifically targeted basically seven per week, like if you were averaging one per day, which some people do more than one per day, and then maybe they they don't drink it another day. But even if you were drinking like a couple per week, this is probably still affecting you, right? Not as much, but it's probably doing something that we don't want it to do. And if you're interested in learning more about what diet drinks do or diet kind of sweeteners do, I've done another podcast on that because those are really poisonous, but they don't as directly influence the insulin blood sugar. Like with these sugary drinks, we like you consume them and your blood sugar goes up and your insulin goes up. Like it's pretty immediate with the poisonous, like insidious fake sweeteners like Splenda and some of the sugar alcohols like erythritol, it's kind of affecting things over time and sending more of an inflammatory response through your body. So it doesn't immediately raise your blood sugar and insulin levels, but it increases inflammation in your body dramatically and starts making your hormones misfire. Now I suggest to replace your drinks with water. (laughs) Water is like the best thing, especially filtered water with a good filter that filters out fluoride and arsenic. Do not drink the tap water. It is full of stuff like hormones and chemicals and fluoride and runoff. So it may not have bacteria that will make you sick, but it has plenty of other things that aren't good for your hormones. So a good filter, not just a Brita, but a good solid filter are important. I also, if that's too boring for you, add lemon to it, add lime to it, add essential oil to it, make iced tea, but drink it room temperature. So like rooibos, raspberry leaf, nettle, red clover. These are awesome teas for female health. Even like calming teas, like, um, passion flower and valerian and lavender and sage and things like this. These are all great to drink. Uh, if you must have something pop like, and do something like the brand Poppy that does, you know, some apple cider vinegar and a little bit of inulin and like it's it's like a lesser evil. They're still all bad. Like all carbonated beverages are really acidic and hard on your system. They're all bad. But some are worse than others. And your traditional ones with the high fructose corn syrup like Coke and Pepsi and Orange Crush and Mountain Dew and, like, all of those ones, those are, like, pure poison. Pure poison on your system. We know better at this day and age. It is just not acceptable to drink these. So just break the habit if you're doing it. If you're not drinking those pops, look at energy drinks or any other drinks that are seeping into your diet that are pseudo-healthy or, like, whatever. Like, you're convincing yourself that they're a good idea over drinking water. And, and just like come back to basics, come back to basics because we're consuming so much processed stuff now. And it's a big problem. So again, the moral of the story is this, some of the things that we're consuming on a daily basis are literally poisoning our chances. Um, and you can do all the IVF in the world, but if you don't change some of your habits, the IVF may never work. So I hope that this wasn't too intense and I appreciate you coming on and, uh, until next time. I'm really happy you've tuned in and joined the community, and I'm so excited to bring you more helpful content with each episode. In order to make this podcast as helpful as possible, I want to hear your input on what questions you need answered to get you feeling empowered on your fertility journey. You can DM me on Instagram at at naturna underscore life or at naturally CB to share your most important fertility related questions. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please follow and share with friends. My mission is to help as many women and couples as possible. And for that, I need your help. Yours as always in love and light, Dr. Christina.